Hello and welcome to Conversations About Running, the podcast brought to you by Running Trips, the company behind Kenya Experience and Training Focus Camps. Today's episode is our first guest edition and we are delighted to be joined by Miles Edwards. Miles, from Aberdeen in Scotland, is a middle distance runner who won the Scottish Senior 1500 metre title in 2015. He's also founder of Katimba Edwards Foundation, a charitable organisation who work with underprivileged families in rural Kenya. Miles is also a great friend of mine who I met in a 10 in Kenya in, 20, in 2011. We had a lot to discuss, including Miles' background as an athlete, his experience living and training in Kenya, and his work with Katimba Edwards Foundation. This is part one out of two of that conversation with Miles. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we have a special guest with us this afternoon, um, our first ever guest. So it's a little bit of a, a different lineup. Uh, we do not have Hugo with us today. He'll be back next time. So today we are welcoming to the podcast, Mr. Miles Edwards. Thanks very much, Gavin. Delighted to be here. Oh, you sound it. You sound delighted. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I, I, uh, it's a bit of a downgrade from Hugo, so hopefully, hopefully it goes okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and claim it, is it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, as, as always, uh, Callum Jones and myself are, are the hosts. Um, we are the UK, uh, the UK side of Running Trips, who run the Kenya Experience, as you know, um, and our new venture, which is Training Focus Camps in the UK. Um, and so we're here today with Mr. Miles Edwards. So um, we wanted to start bringing guests onto the show but for the first guest we want to keep things we don't want to venture too far away from what we've been doing so far so we thought miles would be the perfect the perfect guest um because i know miles oh, what, how, have we known each other what year would we have met 2011 probably 2011 yeah 10 years 20 tw- yeah 20, 2011 um and we met in niten kenya um mile a lot of miles life uh sort of in the last decade or so has has revolved around around Kenya in one in one way or another as has my own um and he's got a, a hell of a lot of experience um uh, for, in the running world in Kenya uh, and also sort of delving into some other some 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 other sides um and we're going to get some so hopefully some good insight uh from 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 Miles on a couple of different different perspectives so uh, yeah Miles thanks a little bit of a joke winding you up a bit to start with but um yeah th- thanks for agreeing to come on we're really really pleased to have you oh no it's a pleasure i've really enjoyed the podcast so far and yeah it's uh yeah an honor to be here yeah <laughs> uh, good man good man what's um what's 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 going on up in uh up in aberdeen um training no racing um is, is that deliberate or i think i think the rules are to be honest i haven't um i stopped paying attention to a lot of the rules because it was just simpler to um to just ignore them and well, no, yeah, just to a certain extent, yeah, you know, but <laughs> no, I know, yeah, I know what simpler you mean. Yeah, just yeah. To, to stay in the house, go out for running, go out for shopping, and that's it. Um, I think the rules are changing a little bit to to be able to meet with like six people in a garden from this weekend, something like that. But um, yeah, I think Scotland's been a fair bit behind England in terms of what's allowed training and racing wise. So, um, yeah, training. Uh, consistent training, but really looking forward to to the chance um, of a race as soon as possible. So, um, 
you feel you're in pretty good shape at the moment, even though you haven't been able to actually put put a time down on on paper. Yeah, I think so. You know, over the last two years, ironically, since there has been no races, it's probably been my most consistent period of training ever. Um, certainly in the last six, five, six years, um, it's hard to know. You know, training as as you both know, training isn't racing. But um, yeah, I feel now that I'm I'm training at. You know, we're doing a lot of sessions that are. 1500 3k pace but 5k work as well and um the sort of paces i'm hitting there show that hopefully i've got a chance of of getting some some pbs at, at the mile 3k 5k maybe not so sure about 1500 but... See, i'm i'm a little bit surprised to hear you say that because last time so we haven't obviously with uh with covid we haven't we haven't seen each other in person for a long time but it was it was february last year that i was staying up with you in uh in Aberdeen. Yeah. And we and we were both talking about running a yeah. marathon, <laughs> and 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 I have seen a few a few bits of training that you that you've posted on on social media and that and and yeah, there's a lot of shorter, faster stuff. So yeah, what's the what's the thought process? Yeah, there? I mean, so I think when I you know I was out injured um, from the end of 2015. 2015 was probably one of my best years running wise, but 2015 the end of 2015, 2016, 2017, pretty much injured the whole way through with knee surgery, Achilles collapsed lung and when I eventually got back um I think I just felt at that point to 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 gather the or to harvest the the motivation that I needed I I felt like I needed a new goal and so entered New York Marathon um and that was the goal yeah it was building up to um yeah building up the mileage building up the the workouts as well to start a marathon block at which point New York was cancelled so I think then we just, you know, when there was no races, we thought, what's the harm in, in going back down and sort of dialing into some of the, the speed work? And then that gives us the opportunity to choose, you know, whatever um, race plan that we want. Um, when I say we, my, myself and my coach, Lewis Walker. Um, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe after after a bit of, I've got the, probably the next race is the Monument Mile in Sterling, um, which I'm really excited for. And I've never ran a mile. I, I didn't do one. Have ran a mile, but not at the. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck trying to run PBs and not even run a mile. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've never I never raced the mile distance when I was in my top fifteen hundred meter shape. So I'm quite excited to to do that and see what see what I can run. Um, and then yeah, maybe maybe later in the year build up to a marathon. But I'm really enjoying this. So where so so where where do you feel that the improvement in consistency has come from because i i clearly incorrectly but i had wondered if that was from stepping away from the higher intensity stuff a little yeah bit. um i think you know I've, I've i've had the chance obviously as, as we all have to reflect on um you know what we what we do in training what we do out of training and, and how what's right and what's wrong and I, I think you know what this period of of no racing has given me is just time to recover properly and I think probably what was shooting me in the foot was what I was doing out with running possibly um not so much as as what I was doing in running if that makes sense so you know for example yeah like burning the candle yeah both ends just busy schedule you know the, the thing the, the sort of weekend that stood out for me that was like the final straw of I need to stop this pattern of running well getting injured building up too quickly getting injured again and you know that went on for a few years and so the one weekend that stood out for me um, in that regard was I did 10 by a mile on a Saturday, decent enough um, splits. Went to a Cayley. It was a, a Cayley organized by 
company that supports the Thin Veggers Foundation a lot and um, went to that. Sorry, mate, what is that? You went to a... a... <laughs> it's a, 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 a fun night of Scottish dancing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we might have a few, a few bits where you have to explain terminology. I think Callum would perform all right at it. You, I'm not so sure, but... Um, <laughs> the Yeah, basically... You 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 never saw Lauren's uh, leaving do when she when she stopped working at uh, HATC in Kenya. <laughs> there was all kinds of good dancing going on there. Oh dear, I'm not sure I believe that. Kalin- Kalinjan style, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, an intense session, then on my feet all night, and then 16 miles the next morning, and um, somewhere towards the end of that run, picked up a foot problem that lasted um, a few months. So. Yeah, I think at that point, it was just a, a moment of realisation. I was 30 years old. I, I couldn't continue that pattern and still hope to to do something decent in running. Um, I, I also, I think around that time, you know, my, my dad was very ill, sadly passed away late 2019. And I think it meant a lot for me that he saw me in, in good shape and that things were going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think that all those things combined just made me finally practice what I, not so much what I preached, but these are things that we knew, you know, aren't great if you weren't recovering properly or you're increasing the volume or intensity too quickly after an injury. Um, and I just wasn't really doing that. You know, I'd probably jump from three months of zero miles to a bit of running the first week, then 40 miles, then 60, then 75, and then be injured. And yeah, it just doesn't work. So you see, you see, in in hindsight, that seems so obvious. But I'm I'm in the middle of that process at the moment, and it's so difficult to do. Like you know, you know this whole sort of don't increase by more than ten percent in yeah. one week. Like you almost can't do that until you get to sort of twenty five, thirty yeah. miles, because otherwise, you know, you're going from three miles to three point three miles yeah. or whatever. But but you know, when you're just doing like walk jog kind of thing but then you get to 30 35 40 and and you just want to ramp everything up because you feel okay and you feel good but then yeah to, to to only add across an entire week's worth of running to only add three four yeah. five miles um plus you've probably added some intensity yeah. as well yeah it's, it's surprisingly difficult even even when you've got even when you've got years of experience behind yeah. you so yeah no it's good it's good to hear that you've sort of got that yeah. under I think as well, it is more difficult when there's races on the horizon because, you know, we you want to be in the best shape possible when, when races come around. And I, I think mm. probably just I was lucky with the timing of that, that there weren't going to be races for, for months and months. So um, it was easier to do that sort of tedious, <laughs> gradual um, build up of, of volume and intensity. So, um, yeah, I think mm. just being a bit, so a bit you, smarter. You, you... So you mentioned you mentioned your dad before. Um, I know he's been he he was a he was a good athlete, well, a very good athlete himself. I know he's a big a big influence yeah. on on your career. Um, I mean, I, I I don't I don't have a specific question around <laughs> that. I just sort of wonder is that something yeah. you want to you yeah you want no, to touch on? That. Yeah, um, yeah. My dad Mel Edwards got me involved in running. Um, from I think probably from photos I um, remember, you know, being at fun runs from a very young age, and um, he probably marathon was his favorite distance he was two hours 18 um missed out i think he was second reserve for the the mexico city olympics in 68 um and then went on to was that um was that was that for scotland or for great britain what when did it start no, good question i think probably i think 
Yeah, yeah I, think was great, but, I think it was a um, good point. But, you yeah, know, back okay. at that time, around that, there was probably a decade, you know, five years either side of that, the the strength and depth in Aberdeen alone, never mind Scotland, was just incredible. And, um, yeah, my dad, for a number of years, was nowhere near the quickest in Aberdeen. There was Ali Wood and Graham Lane, guys that were running two, I think 213, 214. Um, and then, yeah, our club records, 211, was a few years after that by Fraser Klein. So, um, yeah, it was a, some of their training was, I've looked into, you can, I kind of wish I did this more when he was alive, I've looked into a lot of his training diaries and, yeah, the mileage was quite regularly, 100, 110, um, 120 sometimes. And, yeah, long, quick long runs, I think they, they got together in big groups and they just it really it benefited everyone you know i think callum you can sure relate to that from your training experiences in, in norway mm. um and yeah i think it was just a great time to be involved in in running in aberdeen so yeah he was a a, a big inspiration to me um he battled cancer for 13 years and then they ran out of treatment options towards the end so but we were yeah we were grateful we had some uh some great times with him and um won't go into it i don't know um i know he 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 as well as uh yourself and your mum were um delighted that he was able to see uh see you get yeah, married that's, as well that's what i was just going to say there was you know we had um without going into the full story we had ridiculous visa issues and mary and my wife mary and daughter dahlia arrived the day before our wedding they've been to been to the uk a couple of times before on tourist visas but the the visa process was a shambles and they arrived eventually the day before our wedding he managed to make it from the hospice gave a speech and um yeah he passed away i think two or three weeks after that but that just really changed the the feeling for us that it was a feeling of gratitude that we had those moments i think it would have been different you know if we hadn't got back and mary and dahlia hadn't seen him again but um yeah just uh trying to do as much positive things in his memory now yeah, good man. And then I know there's another another positive thing on the way. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, think. we're we're really increasing the population levels, aren't we, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, between us, you and I, you you know what there's going to be. Do, do you know? Do you know if do you know if you're having a um a little a little boy no, or a little we've, girl? Uh, yeah. I managed to persuade Mary to keep it a surprise. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because because there's a there's a whole host of um uh, of runners who who are um first time parents uh, right, right right around now so i'm just waiting to see that we're all going to meet we're all going to meet up at Woolerton park in 20 2040 or something with <laughs> for the no it'd be a bit earlier than that 20 20 20 33 or 34 for the under 13 boys and girls intercounties <laughs> championships and we're all going to be there it's, yeah it's i'm, I'm, I'm looking forward the to 20 2042 olympics that's where we'll be meeting <laughs> yeah yeah, not 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 that we're going to be pushing not parents all, no, no. to force our force I mean, our they kids have to into. Run, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so so um, I I do want to I do want to rewind a little bit. I'm going to bring Callum in here as well, um, because we were talking about the consistency that 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 you've had, mm-hmm. um, and from I, I can't remember if it was our last podcast or the podcast before that. Callum was Callum was saying something. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get this quite right. So I'm because I'm asking for clarification really from from both of you. Callum, Callum was talking about something to do with with the consistency, and I didn't quite I didn't quite get it at the time. Um, and then you, Miles, you posted about it yeah. yourself, like sort of quoting Callum and saying how much you related to what to what it was he was saying. And, and it, 
to be honest, I didn't quite, I didn't quite get it for, from either of you. So I'm wondering if you could, yeah. if you could just explain to me a little bit about what, I think Callum, what, Callum, what you meant. Yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you explain it better. But I think the, I, I did find it quite hard to get it down in words how it really, how I related to it really well. But mm. I'll let Callum explain, and then I can add anything that, um, yeah, yeah, it's relevant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, boys. I've just been uh, enjoying listening. Actually, <laughs> 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 it's quite fun. I find the. Um, I find the tone of Miles' voice very relaxing. Yeah, it, it, it'll grate on you after a while. He started the flirting that. already. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's um, it was interesting listening actually because this this period of running um, during lockdown and the lack of races, I think I've I've learned more about running during this period than I have in the whole fifteen years of running um, combined. I think I've really pieced a lot of things together about my own running career and other runners I've trained with. Um, and, and one of those things is consistency and what it's all about. And it is something that like people bang on about it a lot. Oh, you, you have to be consistent. You know, you have to train well for several months and that, that's how you get good at running is consistency. But I think lots of people don't actually really not, not necessarily know what it means, but know how to implement it. They talk about how to, you know, be consistent in training, but then how do you actually put that into practice? What do you do to your program? What do you do to your running to be able to be consistent? And um, yeah, I think just this period of with no racing and uh, just regular training, regular mileage, regular volume, uh, I've really learned a lot about how to actually achieve that consistency. Um, and, I, and I think the bit you're referring to now, Gavin, is when I mentioned about just coming to terms with the fact that you're constantly tired is that um, I think I think it was more to do with that you basically said like you build consistency by just like you run so and then you run more and then you run more and it, it was something it, it kind of left me thinking it kind of it left me thinking um is is this <laughs> is this a secret to how to be consistent or is this just someone who has attained consistency and has kind of therefore gone? Yeah. Therefore consistency yeah. is the key. I, I, I didn't quite, I didn't quite get how you were saying this is how you would like, I understand the importance of it, but as someone who is continuing to struggle to find it themselves, I didn't quite leave with the idea of, Oh, okay, this is how yeah, you okay. do it. So the, so the biggest thing I've noticed in the change mm -hmm. in my own training between the, this lockdown period period without races and uh prior to that um is well firstly it's the fact that i've been training with a group in norway whose training in itself was a little bit different to what i was used to and me and uh hugo who's my coach we kind of just uh accepted that right okay this is there's a really good group of guys here it would be a bit silly to just kind of continue writing your own program and doing your own training so let's try and join them as much as possible so i did almost uh, yeah, pretty much every week I would train with them at least two quality sessions, um, mo many long runs, uh, easy runs. Yeah, so I was with them yeah, most of the week, um, most of the for training. And um, the the biggest difference for me was that pretty much all of their sessions for the whole winter. So I got there in November and I'm back in the UK now as of yesterday. So all, all winter, they barely ever went all out in a training session they were always controlled mm. even and some of the sessions sound really hard like we were doing 10 times 1k off one minute recovery 
um, on the track. That like sounds like a really hard session, but it never was. It was always controlled so that when you come down for the last rep, you're not like gurning, you're not, you know, like losing your running form. Um, and you, you, you cross the line on the last rep and you feel, okay, yeah, I could probably do another three or four reps at that pace if I had to just feel comfortable. And, and that was the, that was the, like the case for Tuesday session, Thursday session, Saturday morning session, the long run, everything, the easy runs were easy. Um, just everything was controlled. So it was still like hard work, you know, 10 times 1K at kind of faster than threshold effort is still tough, but it was just enough that you're always thinking about, okay, how am I going to feel tomorrow? How am I going to feel when we do our session on Thursday? How am I going to feel when I do the session on Saturday? You're always thinking about those, like yeah, okay. always forward forecasting. So, so you've, you've always got the big yeah. picture forefront exactly, in your yeah, mind. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of going back to what Miles was saying, this period without racing, for me, um, racing adds pressure to... Uh, not necessarily be in good shape, but confirm to yourself that you are in good shape. So for example, if I had a race in three weeks time and my coach set me a session of, okay, I, today I want you to do 10 times 1K, I would feel like I have to push it because I want to see what race shape I'm in. And to see what race shape you're in, you kind of have to go at race effort, which is quite thought out. Yeah, sure. So do you know, uh, there's, a, there's a phrase that my, my coach uses where he says, um, we we don't train to we don't train to prove fitness. We train to improve yeah, fitness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, and I, and I think one of the other things I've learned is, um, th this sounds like it goes against what I've just been saying, but it doesn't. So I'm going to try and explain it as best I can. Um, while while you are making sure the effort and intensity is controlled enough that you can always train well and at a high quality you also have to be aware that training is hard and is tiring and the level that i mean the, the level that us three guys are training at in particular um like we're, we're training to be the best runners we can be that is hard right and part of that is feeling tired a lot of the time so when i come to okay let's say a typical week for me is a session hard session on tuesday hard session on thursday saturday and a long run on sunday when I come to those sessions, I'm, I'm never feeling fresh. I'm never warming up thinking, oh, yeah, I feel great today. This is you know, going to be a really good one. I feel tired because I've just – my last week was hard. The week before that was mm. hard. And, and I think there's a difference between listening to your body and understanding what your body is actually telling you. I think a lot of people now – it's almost been i think listening to your body has been over preached i think people say you know you have to be listen to your body if you don't feel fresh take it easy or take a rest or but i think part of training to be the best runner you can be is being tired <coughs> a lot of the time and so it, it is is that then the difference between listen to your body just being a phrase that you throw out and listen to your body actually being a skill that yeah, you've developed and, and i think I think in in the last couple of podcast episodes, we talked a lot about um, like the Kenyan approach to training and the Kenyan attitude to training. Um, I can't remember if I brought it up or not in either of those uh, podcasts, but I think yeah, that is... I think in the last one. Yeah. yeah, I think that is something a lot of Kenyan athletes do really well is they don't just listen to their body because, okay, for me, if I said, right, listen to your body, my body is saying, oh, Callum, don't, don't worry. 
yeah to i don't want to run like, you. you're knackered mate <laughs> and i'll go okay yeah thanks body i'm gonna put my feet up um <laughs> what i need to know is okay my body's telling me yeah you're tired but you're in the middle of a hard training block you're doing lots of high volume so keep the effort controlled you can still do a hard workout but just be aware of things and then yeah I, I, no, yeah, I, I think I think I, I think I understand what what you're saying much more clearly now. Because, so if I'm correct, then there's a, there's a there's a difference between like listen to your body and listen to your body doesn't just mean push as hard as you can on your hard day and then you're going to have to jog the next day because your body's really tired, so you're going to have to listen to it. It is being in constant dialogue and 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 constantly being at the correct the correct level, which is which is not going to be a hundred percent on, on your, on your, for you on your Tuesday, yeah. Thursday sessions It's not pushing to your max. It's knowing what intensity you need to run to, to sort of elicit the benefits exactly. of that session and not going above it, but accepting that that doesn't mean it's yeah, going to be easy. The only thing I will add on this uh, subject actually is uh, I just put a post on our, on my coaching Instagram page uh, yesterday about it actually is um, because I've, spent the whole winter keeping sessions controlled now that i'm now that i am coming to like a race period i've got a 5000 meter race on the 8th of may and another one on the 22nd of may now i am putting in some kind of race effort sessions where i want to like dig deep and you know like uh, stimulate or simulate the um sensation of running a hard race and because- mm. but you're doing it on top of this massive and I almost feel like that in itself is a skill that I've somewhat forgotten, <laughs> um, and I and I'm confident to, to to push yourself at that high, hard, yeah, really exactly. hard level. To really you push yourself and, and mm. stimulate. I'm oh, sorry, I keep saying stimulate. Simulate a race um, feeling, and I'm confident that that's going to return. You know, I've I've built up a very strong aerobic base over the winter, and I'm I'm confident that after a few hard workouts that I will be able to push myself again but being able to push yourself in a workout is a skill that you do have to practice just not not every single time mm. so so as a as a coach do you think athletes um take it to the well a bit too yeah. often like are they trying to simulate how a race feels every time they go yeah, to the track i on a really think that um and that's that's probably the biggest thing i've learned about my own training and the training of other people I've I've ran with in the UK, <laughs> and it's quite funny that um, we yeah. we were talking about lots of um, like kind of the stereotypes of how Kenyans train and like how they you know the, like certain approaches they have to training and um, uh, there were a few times where I was training with the guys in Norway and I could hear them saying oh he's, he's so British like and I was doing something like just finishing a session really hard and they were like oh he's such a British. And they, they were swearing a bit, so I won't repeat exactly what they were saying. But um, like, I think on my one of my last long runs, I had the last few miles. I like pushed it quite hard in the long run, and again, they were like, oh, "You're so British." And I kind of realised, uh, yeah, okay, we do have a bit of a stereotype here as well. The mm. Brits for kind of hammering it in the workout. Um, <laughs> Famous, yeah, yeah, fame, not exactly, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but interestingly, and and I'm going to bring Miles back in, in in a second. But interestingly, when you were talking about the sort of the training hard, but being in complete mm. control. I, I, th- I think you'll both get this first time. Like, which athlete do you think came to mind? Like, which, which athlete comes to mind when you think of someone who trains hard, but when you see them train, which I think we've both seen in, in person, 
it's it is controlled and you walk you walk off the track looking and feeling good yeah. not 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 dead that at is. the end of a session yeah yeah, yeah. would you agree Mark? Yeah. Like, and, and so Elliot Kipchoge but also the entire group and, and other high level groups in Kenya as well because there's this one of the myths or, or we've done podcasts on sort of the myths of Kenyan training and the, the very elite Kenyans, they don't go absolutely flat out every time they're at the track uh, um, and, and then have to jog the, the next day. They, they really are doing hard, long sessions in control. Mm. They're, cru- they're, you know, they're cruising around lap after lap after lap. Just Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Elliot's a really good example mm. of that. I, I haven't actually seen him train that, that much. Um, that, yeah, that much. I mean, m- m- most people yeah. have never even... <laughs> been on the same you know been in the same vicinity yeah. as, as the guy who is you're like oh no, i don't but think, I think he, that well you know you can see from his career you know he, he, never mind just his sessions his whole career has been controlled and consistent you know he's had success over so many years and and even in races he looks controlled and he's consistent you know <laughs> i think it's just it's in everything mm. he does even with mm. his recovery and yeah well, well, so so based based on based, I was going to say one, oh, one on, way I actually I explained it to an athlete who I coach um, recently I had this almost this exact same conversation and one way I explained it to them was um, wh- when we train and when we do certain sessions there's always like something that we're aiming to train in that session so if we do a threshold run we're aiming to improve our anaerobic threshold if we do an easy run we're aiming to get uh, some volume in while recovering from the harder workouts. Uh, if we do a race pace session, we're aiming to improve running economy at race pace and going all out or digging deep in a session that the ability to dig deep is only one part of the puzzle. That's one part of training. So why do you, why would you think you have to do that in every hard session? You know, that's, that's like one piece mm. of the puzzle that is becoming super important if you're training that three or four times a week, you know? Um, so, so last Last summer, Callum, when I was doing, uh, I was doing quite a lot of running, but I wasn't doing. I was doing basically doing easy mm. running plus strides, um, and I just decided just to take some time out. I had an injury. I'd come back from it. I was fully healthy, and I just decided to just do some high volume, but without much intensity, um, apart from just quite a lot of strides. And every time I spoke to someone, I kept getting, I kept getting such a positive response about what I was doing, and everyone was saying to me, "Oh yeah, that that'll get you eighty yeah. percent of the way there anyway," or or even. Some people said that'll get you ninety percent of the way there, um, and I started thinking to myself. So then, so then, why is the next step that I have to smash <laughs> myself to death on a on a on a track session? Why can't I go to the track and just do something that's a bit harder than what I'm doing now? And yeah, I, I, it, it all comes back to this same idea that that yeah, in this in this running culture that we that we've grown up in, I don't know if it's a proving ground or if it's the idea that you have to be tough or yeah, I don't know. There's something. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. Uh, uh, yeah, because 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 the way the way I've trained so, at, at, like athletics clubs my whole life is you're kind of with your mates and you're running friends and you do just feel the need to win all the time, <laughs> even in training. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You want to win twelve <laughs> exactly. times on Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> so, Miles, I want to bring you back in. Um, I've got some other things I want to discuss, but just carrying yeah. along the same topic. First of all. Um, is how Callum described that consistent with with yourself and, and your own thoughts? Um, and then there's a second question that I'm going to ask uh, both of you. Uh, right, go on, answer that one first. And I'll try and keep this as short as possible. I'm going to sound like I'm Callum's biggest fan here because I, I and I think it's part of the reason why I enjoy the podcast so much because I can I just agree with pretty much everything that you say and and can relate to it. But 
the, 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 to explain how I can relate to it. Um, and I'm also I'll try and sort of, I, I don't know if this is going to help you, Gavin, so I apologize in advance, but because I think you mm. do these things pretty well, you know, better than me. So I'm convinced that things will click together for you soon because, you know, you are doing all the right things. Yeah, but you. I think it's, it's, it's in two parts. So first of all, to even have a chance of getting near the consistency for me, um, because there's been no races and I had extra time to, instead of being out, uh, rushing to social commitments, I was able to focus more on stretching, getting better sleep, hydrating. You know, I think I'm, I really try to drink four or five liters of water a day. seems like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that number is not scientifically the right number, but before I was definitely not hydrated enough. So therefore I'm not recovering enough. So if I was rushing off to the cinema or wherever to Kaylee, um, I probably wasn't getting the water in before I went. And then if you're there, you know, are you having a Coke or, or whatever? So, um, yeah, pre and post session, I've just been smarter. And I think I just, the fact there was no races gave me a chance to take that step back. But then once you got, once I got into training, I think the, there's almost, it's almost twofold in, in trying to keep it controlled. So for me, the keeping the training controlled, definitely just yeah, pretty much what Callum says. I think, also, there's a really fine line between that um, listening to your body in terms of if it's tired or if it's um, at risk of getting injured. And that that's something you can only learn from years of being involved in running. And, um, yeah, getting consistency, and it sounds cheesy, but it breeds more consistency because you're learning how you've got there along the way. And um, I think for me, one of the big problems was every time I was injured, I would have a ridiculous amount of motivation to get back and I felt like that motivation wasn't really controlled and that probably didn't help with me jumping up mileage and intensity so I, I could relate to what Callum said in terms of the and, and yourself Gavin actually when you said that the Kenyans just do it day in day out year in year out and don't really need you know the bigger picture is kind of the, the only motivation they need and I feel like that's probably where I've got to now, whereas before I was probably, yeah, over-motivated by, you know, things outside of running. So I remember, so Kieran Fitzpatrick, a friend of mine in Kenya, who you both know, um, he said to me once when he, I was injured in 2019 and he was he was treating me and uh, he said something that I thought at the time, I'm, I'm not easily offended and it didn't offend me and I'm glad he said it because at the time he said to me, I think you're, when you get back running, you're you see it in your sessions that you're giving it like 110. percent The arms are pumping, the face is like screwed up, and you know I was always motivated by you know the memory of friends that have passed away or things like that, and I still am, but I think it's just more controlled. I think it's just sort of deeper down. The the main motivation is just improving mm. as a runner, and I've now realised after 30 years that to do that, I just need to do all these things, and that's how I'll get it. Not by firing myself up so much that yeah, you just end up doing sessions too quick. or And I think, yeah, I understand training more now. I think probably two years ago, if you'd mm -hmm. been speaking to me about threshold pace and yeah, different paces, I probably wouldn't have really understood what you were saying, which seems ridiculous. But um, yeah, now, for example, today I did a threshold session and yeah, kept it at threshold pace. And even if you're feeling, you know, you could, if you're feeling good, you could probably push that to, to 10K or a bit quicker. But I didn't. And I think in the past, I probably would have gone and tried to do it at 5k pace and then died. And yeah, mm -hmm. 
um, so I think yeah, controlling the motivation has been a a big thing for me as well as as well as controlling the training. And I think Kenyans are the prime example of that. They just yeah do it day in day out. And I thought it was really cool when you were speaking about how when people when you explain to people what sort of one of the reasons behind Kenyan success, they don't understand it. And they, I it happens to me quite regularly. They say, but they're not they're not as motivated as when they name a runner from Aberdeen or. Yeah, exactly. yeah, um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's just there's bigger numbers of them doing it, and it just becomes a habit. No, that's great. I mean, so Miles, I do want to spend some time talking about um, our time, your time, but also sort of yeah, sort of how how we know each other through through Kenya. But I do have one follow up question based on the conversation that we've had so far, and 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 you've both you've both spoken about how essentially this this downtime from racing which has been forced on you has had uh, unpredicted mm-hmm. positive effects. So I want to know whether this is something that you're now going to implement <laughs> into your, into your running long-term. Um, and if that's going to be difficult to do when races are there every single week, like they usually are, if, if you want them. Um, and yeah, just whether that's something you thought about and how you're going to approach things. Yeah, I, I can answer that quite briefly. I think I, I've thought about it a lot. <clears throat> And because you know I'm older than Callum, so I, um, I don't have as many years to you know I, I can't really afford to be injured for another two year period if I want to run times that I feel like I can. So yeah, for me it just has to happen, and I think it's it's probably the way I'm going to do that is just really keeping a close eye on how the body is feeling, and yeah, not being scared to take a day off if I need to, or to say to my coach, I I don't know if you know, my calf feels right to do this session today. Let's see how it is in a few days' time, that sort of thing. And so I, I am really, really um, going to try and be on top of keeping these lessons learned and not just letting them go out the window when the races come back. Because there's a real, yeah, mm. there's a danger that that could happen. But um, mm. but what, what about in terms of them putting long blocks of training together without racing? Or is it going to be more of a sort of managing thing? Yeah, I guess today? that probably depends on what distance I end up doing as well. Because, Marathon may just um, take care of that in itself, and that you know I wouldn't be doing so many BMCs or <clears throat> things like that. But um, yeah, I probably will race less than I I used to. Um, yeah, um, I, I think for me it's it'll be more about putting the ego aside a little bit when it comes to racing. Like I, I think yeah, for me the it's almost like the. I feel the need in every race to, okay, if I'm doing a race, if I'm entered and if I'm on the start line, I need to be in the best possible shape for that race. But I think that's not always true. I think you can, you can do a few races throughout the season that are like almost mm-hmm. part of your training. Um, you know, I, maybe I think going forward, I'll probably say to myself, okay, yeah, I'm going to enter that race, but if I'm not in a hundred percent peak condition, that's okay. As long as I'm there or thereabouts and, yeah almost like that okay so 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 am i understanding that correctly then that the the difference then is going to be that how that allows you to approach training and build up to that for example let's say um i I think in previous years if i had entered a say 10k race in the middle of winter i would have really felt the need to right okay i need to taper for that race i need to be in really good shape i need to have done some hard 10k sessions before going to the race and then probably have a little rest after the race um, but I think now, having seen what I've learned from the power of consistent training is if that isn't a key race in my calendar, 
then I can go to that race to even take the race a little bit controlled in the same way I've just been talking about training, not go 100% all out, see where I'm at, um, and accept that, okay, I'm probably not going to run as fast as I would have done if I had tapered and done some hard race pace sessions. But in terms of training, that's allowed me another month of good quality training that I may have not got if I tapered. And- I've got a question mm-hmm. for you there, Callum, if it's okay. Yeah. The, so, you know, I think a few years ago, I... I wouldn't have gone along to a local race if I wasn't in great shape because I wouldn't have wanted to be beaten by someone, mm. you know? Yeah. Whereas now, I wouldn't care. Genuinely wouldn't care. And I think that's, yeah, just yeah. putting the ego to the side. But if, so, you know, if you were, say you've got a 1,500-meter race that's um, or a 3K later in the season, that's the main goal, and you've had a heavy week. So say you're two months out, you've had a heavy week of training and it's leading up to a race and it's only yourself and one other person who um, are, are likely to, to win it. And you know it's best for your training and the overall goal to, you know, hold off the full throttle. Yeah. Would you find it easy to do that? I wouldn't find it easy. <laughs> but I would, yeah, I think it depends how much that race meant to me. You know, so I'm not talking about, say, a, a podium 5K, but if it was a more local race and your the plan your plan for that day is to do it as more of a a tempo uh, or yeah yeah not quite at that race and then your arch right yeah. rocks up and yeah like right it's yeah. showdown uh, yeah no yeah obviously I'd find that difficult to uh, resist but I think I think that's a discussion with with the coach before you go into that race I mean I, I would yeah. what I would do is discuss with Hugo right okay we've got this race coming up on the weekend it's not a massive one in the calendar how do you want me to go to the, how do you want me to approach it and if Hugo said yeah. if Hugo said right look Callum we've got a hard block of training coming up I really want you to I don't want you to go all out. I want you to go 95%. And when you cross the line, I don't want you on the floor throwing up like mm-hmm. I grew after most track races. If, <laughs> if I'd had that discussion with Hugo, I would, I would honor that. And, and if the guy yeah. started pulling away and I was having, I was hurting, I would say, right. Okay. You know, fair play. He's fitter than me today. And I would uh, stick to yeah. the plan. Um, it, it really comes back to both of you have discussed it as sort of le- uh, described it as, yeah. leaving your ego out of it but it, it really just comes it comes back to exactly the same thing that i was talking about in um in in the blog in the in the most recent blog i don't know if you've had a chance to read I it yet, um no uh miles so but it, it's very similar ideas that you say you two you two describe it as ego whereas i describe it as sort of uh, just just mm. focusing on myself and and yeah. not and not allowing not allowing not allowing my internal value to be to be dictated mm, by yeah. what someone else does yeah it's, it's, yeah it's exactly the same thing um yeah and no, I, th- I think there are different circumstances different way of describing it but but the basic principle is just the same that we're all we're all individuals in this sport and 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 it doesn't seem to work for anyone to to attach yeah to attach value to yeah, how other people that's do another, that's another part of it, it just doesn't work your blog actually sums it up really well gavin um what the the lack of races during lockdown well there's another reason why that has potentially had a positive influence is because it's given everyone the Mm. opportunity or not even given them the opportunity it's forced everyone to focus on yourself 
because yeah, yeah to reevaluate why you're doing it every two months then that's another period where you're okay you're uh, you're racing against james from the athletics club who you want to beat or you know it's another opportunity to compare yourself to others and it's it's always around the corner yeah. whereas now we've had a year almost year and a half almost of just right okay every day i'm gonna make myself a better runner and and that's yeah it's focusing on yourself mm. not comparing to others and i think that's that's powerful gavin has the is this stem from? I yeah, think I saw the, the sort of preview of the blog. So is this stem from you being terrible at golf yeah. and therefore not <laughs> not wanting to <laughs> compare yourself? No, quite the opposite, mate. It's I, I, I'm I'm almost <laughs> more pro. What, I think it's, it's it's on the cards. Um, I, I wouldn't even be good enough to to, to get <laughs> on the figures. scale of handicaps yeah. yet. Yeah, pretty, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not not quite triple figure. I mean, it. it I think if I played. If I played very seriously to all the official rules of golf, um, I wouldn't even be good enough to get a handicap. Whereas, like, I'm only yeah. playing with friends, and if the ball, if if I get there, my ball's behind a tree, and there's nothing I can do about it. Just pick it up <laughs> and put it to the side of the tree, and and have a proper shot. And you know, it may or may not make the scorecard. Um, yeah, you know, you take you take a, you take a duff shot, you just yeah. put another ball down that's and try like, again, yeah, and maybe that like one that one's that's a good shot. Just blatant cheating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if if I try and do that in in a competition, then then I agree. But if somebody wants to just go out for fun with a sixty millimeter stack shoe and six carbon that's plates, true. then that's there's nothing. That's fine, isn't it? That's nothing wrong with that. As long as they don't put yeah. it on Strava and try and claim that it's a new five k. Yeah. Who's that? That cyclist guy tried to claim it jogged well. Yeah, like tried to claim. Oh, I just went out for an easy five yeah, k like, run. Turns out I'm pretty 13, good at this, 20. or something. And it'd run like <laughs> thirteen twenty or something in a jacket, and just the video of him show it clearly shows him running <laughs> like a six back, minute which... pace, something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, cool. So um, th- we've been going for about an hour. So if we if we co- if we wrap it up here, um, and then we're going to do this as a as a two part. So in, in part two with Miles, we're going to delve much more into his time in Kenya um, and into the work that he now does, which is, uh, which is inextricably linked with, with Kenya and particularly with the town of Iten. Um, so Miles, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, and we will be back pretty shortly with, with round two. Um, nice one. So yeah, thanks, and, until then. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome to another edition of Conversations About Running, the podcast from Running Trips. Running Trips are the people behind the long-standing Kenya experience and the brand new training focus camps, training camps for runners of all levels. For more information, please visit our website www.runningtrips.co.uk. Today's episode is with Miles Edwards, middle distance runner from Scotland. And today is part two of our chat with Miles where we focus on his training in a 10 and his work through the Katimba Edwards Foundation. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Conversations About Running, the podcast brought to you by Running Trips. Running Trips is the company behind Kenya Experience and Training Focus Camps. 
To learn more about our running camps for runners of all levels in Kenya and in the, and in the UK, visit our website at www.runningtrips.co.uk. In today's episode, we are rejoined by coach Hugo Vandenbroek. Hugo is our head coach in Kenya for Kenya Experience, a vastly experienced coach with international experience, both as an athlete and a coach. In today's episode, after a bit of a catch-up, considering we haven't spoken to each other for a while, I'm Gavin Smith, and today Callum and I are rejoined by Hugo Vandenbroek. Hugo is our coach at the Kenya Experience, a former international athlete who now lives permanently coaching in Iten, Kenya. Today, after a general catch-up, considering we haven't spoken for a while, we focus on the performance mindset and the psychological skills that runners can develop to help improve their performance. We feel this is an especially relevant topic at the moment, considering that so many people are returning to racing after a long time away. And the psychological challenge of racing can sometimes be just as tough, if not tougher, than the physical side. With that, let's get into today's episode of the running... What's it called? Of the conversation. Now let's get straight to today's episode with coach Hugo Vandenbroek. Welcome to today's episode of Conversations About Running, the podcast from the people at Running Trips. Running Trips are the company behind training focus camps in the UK and Kenya experience in Aten, Kenya. Today's episode is a guest episode with Matt Bergen. Matt is an elite runner with a 5,000 meter PB of 1347. He's also a physiotherapist who focuses particularly on treating and assessing runners. Today's episode is with Matt Bergen. Matt is an elite runner with a 5k PB of 13.47, as well as a chartered physiotherapist who specialises in the treatment and assessment of runners. We discuss a number of topics with Matt, including his time spent training in America, his experience working as a physiotherapist at the renowned Witty Pascom Buckingham Clinic, and get Matt's take on the issue of carbon-plated footwear for runners from a physio perspective. We hope you enjoy the episode and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Running. I'm Gavin Smith and alongside my co-host Callum Jones, we form part of the team that make up Running Trips. Running Trips are the company behind the Kenya Experience and Training Focus Camps. To learn more about our camps in Kenya and the United Kingdom, visit www.runningtrips.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram at running underscore trips underscore official. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back again shortly. Today's episode is with Matt Bergen, an elite runner and physiotherapist who specialises in the assessment and treatment of runners. Matt will also be one of the performance specialists at training focus camps in both Loughborough and Cardiff this summer. 